Hello and welcome to the first Friday's podcast from the Ignite team. My name's Kieran. In this month's episode, we hear from Bishop Alan Hopes, the Bishop of East Anglia. He tells us all about his story and his conversion to the Catholic Church. To watch the show live, you can join us on YouTube at 8pm UK time on the first Friday of every month. Or you can catch up here on our podcast or on YouTube. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. So, as I said, we are joined today by our guest for this month, Bishop Allen. He's, he's the bishop here in East Anglia, so he's our bishop, and we're very happy to welcome him to our studio here on First Fridays. Welcome, Bishop Allen. Thank you very much indeed, Kieran. Thank you for inviting me. Right, you're very welcome. We're really glad to have you, and you're our first guest to be live in the studio with us rather than via Zoom, so that's really oh, great. Good. On First Fridays, we like to talk to people a little bit about their story, about sort of their, their journey of faith. And so, clearly, you're a bishop. You've been bishop in East Anglia for how long now? I've been bishop for seven years. Uh, yes, seven and a half years. Yes, quite some It'll time. It'll be eight years next July, if I make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and were you a bishop before you were a bishop here in East Anglia? I was a bishop, auxiliary bishop in Westminster for ten years. Okay. So, in fact, uh, I celebrate my 18th anniversary of being a bishop on January the 24th, next year. Next year. Okay, so not far away. Then. Not far away. So, growing up, was faith always a part of your life? Was it always important to you? Um, yes, not that I realised that it was, but mm. um, uh, I think in those days I was, in, I was brought up in the uh, late 40s and early 50s, as it were, and um, we we all went to Sunday school and so on because I'm haven't always been a Catholic. Um, uh, so I went to Sunday school. I was sent there by my parents, um, and uh, I was used to going every week. But uh, it wasn't really until one of my primary school teachers, whose husband was an organist and uh, choir master in one of the city churches in Oxford. Um, she invited us to think about joining the choir at the church. I went back and spoke to my parents and they gave me permission to do so. So I started uh, going to the choir practice and to the services in the church. Holy Cross Church, beautiful medieval church in, in, uh, in the centre of Oxford. Um, and it was there, I think, that I began to have the simmerings of faith and understand that there was something quite sort of mysterious about going to church and I wasn't really quite sure what it was but um, uh, but I realised uh, after three years I said something to the vicar in these or similar words um, I think I'd rather like to be one of you when I've grown right. up yeah. so he said maybe you will be yeah. so, <laughs> and so was that kind of the beginnings of thinking about it was the beginnings well that was certainly the beginnings and I didn't think I've ever wavered apart from periods when perhaps other things have sort of got in the way and so on but um, uh, I had a sort of 
bit of a time out when I was about 15, 16, mm. um, but uh, not for very long. Right. So, yeah. And so did you, so you went, you finished school and then what did you do after that? Did you go straight into training? Or yes, after that I, I went to University of King's London. I did a year's teaching before I went up so I could get some money. Yeah. In those days you had to, you didn't have big grants that were given to you, sure. um, that were loans. <laughs> Um, so I had to get some money for myself, um, which I did in that year, and then went to King's University, uh, King's College in uh, London, and studied theology there. But before that, I was uh, had to go to a selection conference, an Anglican selection conference, where I was taken on board. Yeah. And what, what do you think it was that sort of drew you, that really made you think, you know, this is really what I, I want to do by that stage in your life? Was it some? What were your kind of motivation? I didn't think I could answer that when I was sort of nine, ten year old, ten mm. year old, ten years old. Um, but uh, afterwards, I think you know when you look back across your life, um, you see various uh, signposts, and sometimes those, those signposts are people, mm. and uh, and certainly I came across some wonderful priests, uh, Anglican priests who guided me and fed me and encouraged me um, and I was uh, I was smitten by their example yeah. their, their example of pastoral care and spirituality and so on yeah. Yeah. that's the case for so many people isn't it that you see people who you yeah. look up to in all sorts of walks of life that kind of yeah, help you to see that faith is something yeah. really important yeah. and real so you were a priest in the Church of England for quite some time and then in the 1990s you became a Catholic yes and so what, kind, what, what drew you to the Catholic Church in particular? Well, I think I need to go back again to my youth, as it yeah. were. But uh, when I was about uh, 12 years old, still in Oxford, that was before we moved back to London, um, my mother asked me to go around the corner uh, to get some bread for, the, for, for, for supper. And, uh, of course, in those days, you could go around the corner to a... Um, to a, a bakery where they where they had some made wonderful bread, so I came back clutching my loaf, and um, this is quite extraordinary, really. And I think this was this was a, a real turning point in vocation and so on. Um, where I went uh, to school uh, in the primary school, there was a, uh, a Catholic church at the top end, and I had to walk past the church um, as I came back. And uh, as I passed, suddenly the doors opened and this, uh, what I know now, of course, was a Corpus Christi procession came out and I was spellbound. I just stood there and watched and it went round the, um, round the uh, grounds of the church because <coughs> in those days they didn't quite go, go right out. Yeah. Um, and I watched it. And it suddenly went back into the church and the doors closed and nobody else was in. And I was left standing with my bread. <laughs> well, it's quite a, quite a dramatic moment when you, when you look back. And um, I just think, my goodness, I went off to get bread, but I actually saw the bread of life uh, yes. in procession, you know. Um, and I think that's began to pull me towards the Catholic Church even then. When I was slightly older, um, uh, I went to Lourdes um, on pilgrimage with a, with a good Catholic um, family 
and I was just uh, taken aback by that too, the celebration. Um, and to see the, the whole of the church present, so many different languages, I was very English. I don't think I'd left Oxford by that stage. And I'd gone to various places in, in England, but never abroad. Um, so it, that was a, a magnificent moment. Um, and it was then that I actually said to the priest chaplain, I'd like to be a Catholic. Um, and he taught me through it and he just said well I can see your heart is already a Catholic I think you should wait until your mind becomes a Catholic yeah. and uh, then you'll become a firm Catholic so mm. I was disappointed mm. but uh, nevertheless went, went on with um, the Anglican training and so on mm. um, but he was right absolutely right if I'd come over it would have been an emotional thing Mm. Emotional reaction to Lourdes, really, I think. Mm. Um, so, uh, as I got older, I learned far more about the Catholic faith and its teaching. Mm. Um, I need to go on, really. It's quite a long story, if you don't no, mind. That's fine, please. But, um, <laughs> because in, uh, certainly at that time when I was ordained as an Anglican, um, the ecumenical movement had begun. Mm. That thinking that Christians needed to see what brought them together, what drew them together, rather than the things that parted us. And uh, it was a particular moment when Michael Ramsey went to meet the Pope, Pope Paul VI, and Pope Paul VI gave him a, a ring, an mm. Episcopal ring. Michael Ramsey never forgot that. And just so that people watching know, Michael Ramsey was the Archbishop of Canterbury yes, at the time, Yes, he was the Archbishop of Canterbury. So he was the leader time. of the Church of England. So it's quite extraordinary, yeah. you know, that had been a meeting once since the Reformation, that was with his predecessor, mm. but it was a very brief moment and yeah. this was a much more formal meeting with mm. the Pope. Um, and uh, over those next um, two decades, um, Anglicans who were in the sort of the Catholic, um, uh, Catholic way in the Church of England, mm. um, truly believed that uh, there would be unity and the two churches would come together, they were coming together. Mm. There were a lot of agreed statements in those yeah. days and so on. Um, and when Pope John Paul II came to England on his pilgrimage, which was a high moment, yeah. um, and met the Archbishop, Can the then Archbishop of Canterbury, in Canterbury Cathedral, and they you know, brought the Book of the Gospels out that St. Augustine brought with him um, when he came to convert the English, um, sent by Pope Gregory. Uh, we just thought it was in the bag, really, yeah, yeah. that there would now we would walk together. I found in that decade, in the 1980s, the Church of England really uh, went back on that moment and began to go its own way. Um, both with regard to moral theology, um, with uh, ordained ministry, um, uh, and all sorts of things. And mm. there was a question of authority, yeah. which came up. So I was on the on the road, I think, mm. then to to be becoming a Catholic. But it took me all my strength of will and uh, and so on to uh, to do so. So I wasn't received until the 1990s, early 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, 
but then I felt I'd come home yeah. and wondered why I hadn't done it 30 years before. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so many people say that, they describe yeah. it as coming home, coming yes. home to the Catholic Church, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Um, so, so you must have spent a few years being a Catholic priest and then you were yes. asked at some point to become a bishop. Yes. What, what was that like? Well, that's quite extraordinary. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed being a priest. I'd always been, a, uh, you know, as a vicar, I'd been a parish priest, always working in the parish setup. Um, because I think that's that's where 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 the mission really is, mm. you know, the people of God and beyond. Um, and um, uh, so I was very pleased. I'd always been in uh, rather challenging situations in the Church of England. Very good Tottenham, big GLC estate in um, uh, in uh, in uh, Collindale, and. Um, when I became a Catholic, I was sent off to Kensington High Street, right. which wasn't quite the same as quite Tottenham. Yeah. And uh, and then they appointed me as the parish priest of uh, of Chelsea, which is mm. even, even <laughs> further afield. A, a mm. um, but a beautiful church, Head Redeemer, and St Thomas More. Right. And I blame St Thomas More for praying for me to bring me through into the Church of England oh, because yeah. I've always had a, a really soft spot him as, as a mm. saint so um, so it was a it was a wonderful thing then suddenly all this happened and um, it came out of the blue 2003 mm. um, just before Christmas in fact I was told the day before Christmas Eve oh, there you go. which uh, which rather ruined Christmas that you well, <laughs> didn't it upset Christmas in a way because um, uh, because I wasn't able to tell anybody Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so secret. It wasn't going to be given out till I think it was January the eighth or ninth or tenth. Oh, okay, so you have to wait. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so is it like a sort of phone call? Do they ring you up? And no, um, the nuncio uh, asked me to go across, um, and I uh, uh, had to see him. Um, and I think if I hadn't have been sitting down, I would have had to have sat down <laughs> when he told me that the Pope had appointed me as an auxiliary bishop of Westminster. Yeah. I was very taken aback. Mm. I didn't didn't realise that was going to happen. Yeah. I was one of the vicars general in the um, in the Westminster diocese, um, and I thought the nuncio had asked me to go across to talk about various cases that the, vic the vicars general have to deal with. I thought actually I got something wrong that's because mm, I'd had to send some documentation off to Rome, um, but not at all. It turns so out you weren't in trouble, you were actually being no, a bishop. I, yes, quite. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was extraordinary. Then, so yeah. it was, you were in Westminster for... privilege. Yeah. privilege. And so you were in Westminster for about t 10 years then. And 10 then years, you, auxiliary. Then you became bishop here of East yep. Anglia. Yep. And we're very grateful to have you. Thank you. I'm delighted that I'm here. And so, what, what do you, in your day-to-day -day life as kind of Bishop of East Anglia, what, what kinds of things, what things do you most enjoy doing as, as sort of diocesan bishop? Um, I like to get out of my house and away from the desk. Mm. Um, I love uh, visiting parishes and I love visiting schools. And within the parishes, of course, if I'm going on a visitation, I would go to a hospital or a prison or, or whatever. Um, so it's really being amongst the people and mm. and so on. I love I love being in the parishes and so on. Yeah. I suppose that goes back to being a parish priest. So yeah. I'm just a big parish priest, really. <laughs> um, but um, 
one of the great privileges is that I'm, we've got 11 prisons in the diocese. Yeah. And uh, that is a huge privilege to be able to go and visit the prison, say mass, meet the, uh, meet the residents and, um, and speak with them. Yeah. And also um, hear their confessions and so on. So, yeah, yeah. so, so that, that's a very, um, yes, that's a very powerful moment in, in my ministry. Yeah. yeah. And are, are there any? So, ask you what you like about being a bishop. Are there any things that you sort of your least favourite things about being a bishop? Things that you, you miss oh, that you yes. can't do? Or? My desk <laughs> and all the letters that come across, <laughs> all the emails, loads and loads and loads of them every day. Gosh but have to be responded to. Sometimes they take a long time to respond to, people don't understand. But uh, if you're out and about, it's mm. um, very difficult to get, get everything done, you know, as people would like. Okay. So, so, but you clearly, you clearly enjoy and you're looking forward to retiring not too, too distant future. Yes, is that right? I'm not sure when that's going to happen, mm -hmm. but um, I think it will probably happen in 2021. Okay. And uh, when just as we're not told that we're going to be made a bishop until the moment comes, yeah. we're not actually told when we're going to allowed to retire until the moment I comes. See, see, so w w waiting <laughs> on it and waiting. So there's a waiting, waiting on it, yes. We get to enjoy yeah. our company for a bit longer then. Yes, well thank you very much. I'm, I love being here and that's why I'm going to retire in the diocese and, okay. and live here. Fantastic. I think um, I thought when I left London I would never get used to it. Mm, it must be very um, different. Very, very different. Mm. Um, Especially where I live, because I'm, uh, I'm really at the end of nowhere, as it were. Mm. Very dark and very quiet. Mm. So for the first six months, I was, I was terrified of any noise that I heard oh, <laughs> in the house or whatever. Mm. But I've, I've got used to it, and I love it. Um, now when I go to London, I can't wait to get back to oh, East Anglia. So. Okay. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Well, that's actually all we've got time for oh. for this. But thank you very much for speaking with us. And yes, we look forward to thank seeing you, very you much again indeed. in the new year at some of our events. Thank you. And I wish my blessing and good wishes to all who, who watched the video. Oh, thank you. Now it's time for our musical guest and this month it's Hamish McQueen. Some of you will know that he works behind the scenes on the team here at First Fridays but as well as that he is a member of the band Revelation and has had a touring career as a Christian musician as well as working on several albums. He's here to perform one of his greatest hits, I Am Convinced. So this song is taken from St Paul's letter to the Romans and I mixed some of his words with some of my personal experiences and wrote this song. We couldn't get the band in here because of Covid restrictions so I'm using a backing track but here we go. Forever, it taught me not to be so very. 
Thank you for listening to the first Fridays podcast from the Ignite team. You can catch the show live on YouTube at 8 p.m. UK time on the first Friday of every month. With guests, music, and conversation. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are Ignite Y E A. That's Ignite Y E A. Thanks very much for listening, and God bless you.